Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey, everyone, this is Chris, and welcome to Dads with Daughters, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. It's always a pleasure to have you listening in on all of our topics. And today we've got an expert guest. We're going to be talking about stress and the stressors of our kids. We're going to be talking about things that you can do to help your kids to be able to deal with stress and be able to handle stress in different ways, because we all know that our kids definitely have stress in their lives. We have stress in our own lives, but it's also, as parents, important to be able to help our kids through those tough times, through those stressful times, be able to recognize when they may be dealing with stress and be able to then be that person that can help them through that. So today I'm excited to have Brian Smith on with us. Brian is an expert in this. He's a school counselor. He was a teacher in the past. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Mr. Lewis. I appreciate you having me on. You know, it is my pleasure having you on. And I, I just want to I want to delve into this topic because you wrote a book called Stress Stinks. And it is a book that specifically really talks about stress from a kid's point of view. I love it because it it's definitely something that you I was able to share with my daughter, have her read, and we could talk about it. We could kind of explore it a little bit more. And uh, first and foremost, let's talk about your book. And, and I want to know, what made you decide that you wanted to jump into writing this? What was it about this topic that really resonated with you? So having uh, been a school counselor the past 15 years, uh, over and over, numerous times, uh, I actually work in a K through five school. And it doesn't matter from kindergarten all the way up to fifth or fourth grade that the, the children experience different levels of stress. And I just wanted a uh, book that they could really relate to. You had mentioned earlier that we as adults experience all types of stress. And I think there's no difference with kids. And so they're experiencing stress day in, day out. And so I just wanted to write a book and give them some techniques that they could use to help themselves out. Now, one of the things that I think you have an interesting perspective on is being a school counselor, you're seeing these kids from an early age and you're seeing them and talking with them and working with them. What are some of the common stressors that you're seeing that kids are coming to you with these days that you're having to deal with on a daily basis? I think socially is one of the biggest ones. Isolation being left out. Certainly academics come into it. I definitely see some stuff coming from outside of school as well. And that's uh, with kids playing multiple sports or multiple hobbies, whether it's piano, gymnastics. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think kids are more busy now than ever. And so it's a kind of a compounding effect that these kids are having to experience and try and keep up with everything. Completely agree. And I I see how busy my own kids are. And I, th and I see how busy kids are in other families too. You know, it's definitely different than when we were growing up and, and trying to balance things in different ways. Now, in the book that, that you wrote, um, you specifically are, are trying to have kids better understand what stress is and, and how to deal with that stress. When you work with kids and you try to help them to better understand that, that they are dealing with stress, what are some of the words? What are some of the things that you start to talk to them about to have them start to realize what stress is? Most of the time, a lot of kids that come to me with stress, they actually end up in the clinic at first. And so it, it's the stomach aches. It's the it's that feeling inside your stomach that, you, you know, something's not right. To your point, a lot of kids aren't able to verbalize it at first. 
And so that's kind of a training technique that we as adults, if you're not having a fever, obviously, if they, you know, you want to make sure a doctor says that they're fine, but if they're continuously having these stomach aches, headaches, stuff like that, that can certainly be due to stress. So let's talk a little bit about that. You talk about stomach aches, you talk about maybe headaches or, you know, some physical symptoms that they may be showing, but are there also social symptoms or psychological symptoms? What are some of the symptoms that parents should be on the lookout for to be potentially indicative of what of stress in their kids' lives? I think the biggest thing is to see a, a difference in the demeanor of your child. So if you have a happy-go-lucky child and all of a sudden they're kind of more withdrawn or reserved to themselves, or you may even see the exact opposite. Uh, sometimes when kids are stressed, it comes in the form of anger. And uh, a lot of times you don't realize that it's the stress that's causing the anger. And so unless we directly address that stress component, you know, the anger's not going to go away. So let's talk about how you start to have those type of conversations, because if you've got an angry child, even if they're just dealing with stress, and I say just, but if they're dealing with stress, not just dealing with stress, because stress is a is a definite important thing that we all have to be able to deal with and we all have to, have to help our kids to deal with. But if you have an angry child or if you have a withdrawn child, how do you start to draw them out, to have them start to talk with you? about the issues that they're dealing with if they're not at that time willing to talk. Well, going back to the point you just made, if they're not willing to talk, typically if I'm going to talk to a student or one of my own children in particular, I'm going to let them calm down, relax, and I will address it later on when they're in the right state of mind. I think that that's a lot of times where we try to push it. And so I, I think that that can backfire on us as adults. The other thing that we need to consider as adults is the stress, is, you know, perception is reality. So a lot of times we as adults, if a kid's what in our opinion is overreacting or making a big deal out of something that's not, that may be the case, but to them it's not. And so again, we got to go back to that perception as reality. And so once they, they're in that right state of mind, I think the biggest thing we can do as uh, parents, educators, whatever it is, is to try and be proactive. And what I mean by that is kids need to understand that we experience stress day in, day out. Most of it's very minor stress. Sometimes it's big stress. So if they hear us talking about, hey, this this really stressed me out today. Here's how I dealt with it. Number one, the kid sees that stress is normal. Stress can be a great thing. You know, a fire, for example, you know, you get stressed in that moment and you react real quick. And so, you know, stress can be a good thing. And that's what we're trying to teach kids. And so, again, if they see us as adults realize that, you know, we experience stress. And then number two, if they hear how we're dealing with stress, then they may start trying some of those techniques as well. So you talk about techniques. And, and being able to verbalize as adults to kids the, the stressors that we have. What are some other techniques that you personally are teaching kids or that you would teach parents if you, were, if you had a group of parents right in front of you to start to either have these conversations or to start moving their family in a different direction when it comes to dealing with these stressors. It's funny you mentioned that. My wife says she can always tell when I'm stressed out. And uh, one technique that I personally use, again, that I share with my own boys is I'll do the close my eyes, try and calm down. I'll do some stretching. And then I actually roll my head around trying to calm myself down. So number one, and it's not a one size fits all, but we got to try and find some way to get the kid to calm themselves down. So you'll hear a lot of breathing techniques in my story. The main character, one of the suggestions they give them is to breathe in counting to five and then 
breathe out counting to six through 10. So again, when the whole premise behind that is you're taking a deep breath in and then you're taking a deep breath out, trying to calm those nerves down. Some other parts that you may hear in the story is I call it the tense and release. So it's similar to that one through five, but you're squeezing something as hard as you can. So if you're sitting in a chair, you can squeeze the chair as hard as you can for five seconds and then let go. So you're releasing uh, some of that, you know, anger, tension, whatever it may be. And so that, that's some of the most common techniques that we, we do here at a school. So we talked a little bit about the book that you wrote, Stress Stinks. Tell me a little bit about what people are going to find in it. Um, I've read it. It was a great book. I think that it was easy for my child to understand and to read. Not everyone that's listening right now has read it. So tell me a little bit about where the character in your mind came from. So you have, there for everyone that hasn't read this, Brian has come up with a character that uh, is very relatable. As I said, um, Amelia is is feeling a lot of stress. She's dealing with that through the book. And, and, and I think you do a really good job of that. But where did Amelia come from from you? And, and what are you hoping that people are going to take away from Amelia's story? Sure. And, and Amelia truthfully represents tons of children. It's not one ch- uh, child in particular. Like I said, this is, you know, stress. If I've got a school of 500 kids, you know, you're, you're not looking at two or three kids that are stressed out. Um, you're looking at probably a couple hundred. But again, some of those are very minor stresses and some of them have techniques. But again, some of those minor ones, uh, they can, you know, make bigger. So I try to make in my stories very relatable topics. And and I try to include also in-school events and outside of events as well. So in the story, you're going to see a couple different scenes in there that are going to cause some stressors in there. You're going to see the first scene, she is actually trying to prepare for a spelling test. She's kind of panicking, freaking out about it. So the mom, that's when she teaches her that breathe in. and then breathe out technique and it ends up happening and kind of makes her have more of a positive mindset in there. The next scene, kind of more of a common one, which I was mentioning earlier in our conversation is where a kid's kind of feeling overwhelmed, got all kinds of stuff coming from outside of school, uh, from in school, whether it's the sports, the hobbies, the homework, trying to balance everything out. So what I purposely did in the book on that one is she's going to try the breathing technique and it's not going to be successful. She's going to try a couple other different techniques because what I don't want kids to walk away from the story is there's a one size fits all or that there's going to be one technique's going to work all the time because in theory, if it doesn't work, then we're setting them up for failure if they're not prepared you know, to be able to address it in a different manner. So I kind of want to give them lots of bags of tricks, so to speak. And so she's going to teach them that tense and release the second time. Um, And then you had mentioned earlier about uh, social, you know, stress between kids. And so I did put that in the book as well. You know, a kid sitting beside somebody new. What if the kid doesn't like me? And, you know, a lot of this is just not even a fact. And so actually in the story, the the teacher is, is it a fact or, you know, is this an opinion? You, you, you don't know whether or not the kid's going to not like you or not. But if you go in with a negative mindset, you know, it probably is going to end up negative. So just teaching them that concept. No, I know that this book is one of many books that you have. And in just looking at, at all the books that you have on Amazon itself, it looked like almost 20 books out there. Uh, where do you get your inspiration from? Is it all from your day-to-day life and working with kids? Or, or what, what are some of the uh, inspirations that you have with being an author and being able to write books like this that are 
out there to help kids to better understand things? Sure. Yeah, great question. And, and like I said just a little bit ago, I think the more relatable we can make it to kids, the better kids will walk away from it and feel like it truly benefits them and help them. So as far as where my ideas come from, you know, I get asked all the time, is this something that's being an author, is this something you'd ever want to do full time and not be a school counselor anymore? And the answer to that is no. I absolutely love writing children's books, but the, the real reason is, is I get all my stuff from either working with the kids here at school or from my own personal children. And so, again, most of the stuff in my books is not made up stuff. This is going to be stuff that I've seen, I've dealt with, and it's nothing new. I've been doing this 20 years, and I've seen it from 20 years ago up until today. Now, I know that we've been talking a lot about stress, but being a school counselor, I'd be remiss not to ask you, when you're dealing with all of these different students, are there other big concerns that you have about the future of our kids today and what they're dealing with on a daily basis that parents should know about, that parents should be thinking about now, whether it be stress or other factors, are there other things out there that that we all should be thinking about and working on? I do think that stress, again, is something that is normal and natural. And as long as we have the coping mechanisms, it, it, it works in a variety of ways to our advantage. Where I think we as parents or educators need to be careful on is a lot of these social implications. You'd mentioned it, it's a different world the kids are going through right now with all this different social media and everything like that. So stress can come from being picked on and that type of stuff. So I think it's very uh, eye-opening these days. And we just got to keep close eye on is if a kid's getting super stressed out because of social things, and then it leads to sadness, we got to be careful to make sure that that kid is talking about their sadness because uh, I hate to use the term, but you know, this whole suicide, uh, you know, I've seen it in middle school or we had a middle schooler in my school district happened to commit suicide a couple years ago. And it's very sad. And, and I wish that it's something that we could talk about. And what parents also need to understand is if it ever goes that route, you're supposed to ask kids or, or, uh, adults, you know, are you thinking about killing yourself? Now that sounds odd to say, but it's really, you can't beat around the bush on that topic. So that's probably the, my biggest thing. I'm very passionate about that. I, I did write a book on sadness, depression. I don't ever call it depression, but since I work with K through five students, I did write, you know, a sadness book. And really in that book, it, it's to address the bystander role, but also what can the kid experiencing sadness do for themselves? Well, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that kids today definitely are dealing with a lot of different things. Uh, you talk about social media, you know, there's not only the in-person bullying, but you've got bullying online, you know, things that we may not see and, and being able to, to say that as parents that we're going to be able to know exactly what is going on all the time. It's almost impossible to be able to know that. I mean, there are definitely safeguards that are out there, things that we can do. One of your books is called There's an App for That. And there are apps for parents that, that can definitely help them to safeguard and watch over things. But 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 again, it's having those conversations and being able to, I think, early on in life, be able to open up those pathways to be able to have open, honest conversations with your kids so that they are comfortable coming to you and talking with you about anything and everything that they're dealing with and knowing that that's not always going to be the case. I mean, I've got a teenager now that getting her to talk sometimes is not always the easiest, Sure, but you keep trying and you don't give up. And I think that that's the important part. Absolutely. And you you actually mentioned, uh, again, I'm not going to get into that book, but you actually mentioned my, is there an app for that book? And that's actually a book very good for dads with daughters. It was my first book I wrote and I actually made the uh, main character a, a girl. 
not knowing which one of my boys I would want to to be the character. So I decided to make it a girl, but she's dreading going back to school because she gets picked on and made fun of. And so the reason the apps is in there because her bathroom mirror is turned into an app screen and she can help change herself to make her the fastest kid, smartest kid. Uh, and so each day she clicks an app, changes herself. She goes to school, changed something good happens, but it's always followed by something bad. And so she says, well, I guess I didn't like being the toss. I didn't like being the fastest. And the ending is there's an app that's the, it's called the happy app and she clicks it and the screen disappears and she's staring at herself and she runs to her mom. And she says, mom, it broke. And mom says, no, that's the whole point. You should have never tried to change yourself to fit in. I love that concept because I think that a lot of times social media does encourage people to think about ways in which they can be different and, and try to change themselves with all the filters and you're trying to even on Facebook, you know, for, for people putting all the positive spin and not talking about the negative things in right. life, you know, you get a, a full sense of reality to, to what is out there, which can lead to stress, which can lead to depression. It can lead to a lot of different things that not only kids deal with, but as parents, we deal with too. Yeah. It's definitely something that I think all of us have to be aware of and be willing to put on the table and talk about, because if we don't talk about it, it's never going to change. Agreed. So I really appreciate you sharing all of this because it is definitely something that I think that every child today is dealing with in their own ways. And we have to know that as parents, we have to be able to uh, address it as parents. And we need to help our children to have coping mechanisms, as you were talking about, to be able to deal with the stressors of life. Because as, as you said earlier, all of us deal with stress on a daily basis. It may be small things, but it could also be huge things. And if we're not talking about it and letting our kids see that we're dealing with it and that it's impacting us in different ways and not just impacting us where we're being upset and, and angry toward them or things like that, but that if we do, and we know that that's the way stress impacts us, that we find ways for ourselves to be able to handle stress in ways in which it can be productive ways in our own lives. Absolutely. Now, if people are interested in finding your book, um, we'll put a link in the notes to Amazon, but do you have a website or th things like that that people can can go to? Absolutely. My website is author Brian, spelled with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N Smith dot Weebly dot com, or my publisher is Boystown Press. They can go directly to there as well. So all of my books are on either my website or Boystown Press's website. We will put a link in the notes today, everyone, so that you can find that as well. Now, Brian, now we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a parent. So you ready? Yes, sir. All right. So in one word, and it could be two words, what is fatherhood? Joyment. Now, when was a time that you felt that you finally succeeded in fatherhood? I feel like by preparing my kids to uh, for failure. I hate to say that, but I think that that's a life skill. And, and that way it's uh, both of my boys have dyslexia. And so just teaching them that hard work pays off. Now, what are some of the things that you do to prepare them for failure? Daily experiences that they have to go through and just walking them through it. To them, failure could be something that's my, I remember one of my boys at a basketball game uh, just that last week, uh, my seventh grader. He had a phenomenal game, his best shooting game, and he got blocked one time. Well, what did he walk away from that game remembering? The block shot. How'd you play, bud? I didn't play very good. And so he literally walked away from probably the best game I've seen him play with a kind of a negative mindset because of that one block shot. And so just having him reframe his thinking to seeing what all good things he did. And then he was like, oh, I guess I did have a really good game. 
it's always really interesting when our kids do get into that mindset, but we also get in those mindsets too, you know, that we see that we really did something really great, but then we walk away because there was one thing we did wrong. And it's, it's sometimes hard to get out of that mindset, but I, it's great that you're able to have those conversations. And I think every father has to be able to have those conversations with their kids in that way. Now, how would your kids describe you as a dad? I would say that my kids probably would say that I'm fun. I'm constantly always out there playing with them. Uh, you know, I do enjoy what I do, but the nice part about it is I get home at a good time and I do get several weeks off during the summer. So I get to spend a lot of quality time with my boys. And so uh, actively involved, I guess, would be the term I would use. And I think that's a good thing to be called. So because that's something that we in our Facebook group, our Dads with Daughters, Dads with Sons Facebook groups are always talking about the importance of active involvement, engagement with your kids, um, being right in there, even even when they're really young, all the way up through when they're adults is be active, be engaged. Um, and it's going to change, but it's definitely important. Yeah. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? That's a great question. Probably my it's going to sound funny, but probably my mother, um, my mom, my parents were divorced. And so my mom watching the, my, the hard work that my mom had to do and everything like that, you know, really put that work and determination in me. And so having experienced a divorce and everything like that made me really not want to try and not have to go that route. And so I would say probably my mom. And then finally, what advice would you give to other dads? Kids are never too early to start talking to them. I think that a lot of times kids think they're three, they're four, they're five. You can't have, you know, serious conversations or even really when we talk about stress and we talk about feelings of anger, sadness and stuff like that. Are we really talking to our kids and using those names? So like if your kid's angry, hey, I see you're angry. What's going on, bud? Or you seem sad. What's Tell me a little bit about it. So making sure kids are able to identify different feelings and, and the way that we do that is to name those feelings and then go from there and give them those coping skills to be able to deal with that, whatever emotion they're experiencing. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you being on the show today, sharing all this great advice and, and really great insights. Everyone, we're going to put some links in the notes today for you to be able to access all of Brian's books, especially Stress Stinks, because all of our kids are dealing with it. And all of Brian's books are very practical, hands-on, you know, helping young readers to be able to better not only articulate how they're, how they're feeling, but also it opens up dialogues between you and your child, especially if you're reading them together, which is one of the best ways to read is re start early, start early and read with your kids. So Brian, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate your time. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step -step roadmaps, and more. You will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. 
And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be